Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free! On the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do! Welcome into the second episode of this new era of Believe in South Carolina. I'm Mike Yuvin, uh, and alongside me is the two guys that you heard last time. Nick Klaus, USC senior, and the one and only Marcus Lattimore, former Gamecock running back. Boys, as I mentioned, episode two with this new era, because Nick, of course, started this thing off the ground and running a couple months back. And uh seems like we had a pretty good reception with episode one, so let's try to keep things rolling, and it's a perfect week to keep the second episode rolling because depending on when you're listening to this, we're taping it on a Sunday. Spring football for the Gamecocks starts up on Tuesday. Tuesday. seems like it was just yesterday that Shane Beamer was trying to get some mayo out of his hair and his hat and his shoulder and everything else mm. to do the mayo bowl. But no, that was disgusting, that was by the way. We are get, oh, yeah. He said – I think he said he hasn't had mayo since. We're going to have to get an update this week. <laughs> But spring football is about to start up, boys, and let's just start it from right there. Obviously, there is a lot of hype. And, Marcus, I mean, you can think back to your days of of being a student athlete at USC. Nick, you can think back to the highs and lows. And, unfortunately, there's been a lot of lows lately for USC Mm -hmm. football. It just seems like the buzz right now going into this spring football is something that we haven't seen since probably the time that Marcus and, you know, Elshon and – Connor Shaw, the Garcias of the world, were around this program. You know what? Um, I think it's amazing just the hype around spring football now. You know, you, they're televised. You you go to Bryant-Denny Stadium, they put it on, or you, Sanford Stadium, it's 90,000 people in the stands. So it's, it's, a, it's a big event, uh, and the practices are, are well publicized because – the new guys coming from high school, everybody's graduating early now, which is crazy. I mean, that, that it was a it was a thing, you know, a couple years ago years ago, but it's it's normal. It's been normalized to graduate early, but also, you know, with the NIL, you can start making money right away. So, I mean, I, I guess that plays a factor into it. But it's a good opportunity for Coach Beamer to see the young guys. Uh, but I think we should pump our brakes a little bit because. There are some guys already – we brought some guys from Oklahoma, and obviously everybody's excited about them. But there are some guys on the roster that compete now. I mean, I think people forget Luke Doty was um, – Luke Doty in full form, Luke, Luke Doty with full confidence and, you know, in his foot. I mean, I, I remember the dude in high school. He's one of the best high school players I've, I've ever seen. Um, there's a clip of him in high school. I think, and this kind of shows what kind of dude he is. He throws a pick and runs the guy down from about 90 yards. Um, So we got a lot of excitement around the program, but there's a lot of guys also already on that roster, I think, are going to show us, uh, are are just going to show a lot to the coaches and show a lot to the fans in the spring game. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but also the new additions as well. So, Yeah, and Marcus, I mean, you just said, I'm really glad you mentioned Doty because I don't think people fully understand 
that we have not really gotten to see full form Luke Doty. It, he's Absolutely. been battling injuries. He's we haven't seen that, and everyone's so hyped about Spencer Rattler, and believe me, I am too. But I mean, you're right. We got some good football players already in the locker room and Mike touching on just being a student here. Like you said, there's been a lot of lows, but I've never seen spring ball be this exciting. Like, I mean, obviously everyone gets excited for the spring game. Everyone tailgates it. It's a fun time for the students, Mm -hmm. but people actually care about the football now. And Marcus, you said it, they televise these games. I mean, I couldn't tell you if I watched a South Carolina spring game in the last three years, but like I'm excited to watch this spring game because there is a lot of exciting things coming and there's excitement around the team for the first time in, I mean, since the fall when Beamer got a bowl game in his first year. So a lot of exciting things happening for South Carolina and there's a lot of great football players that need to people should be excited to see in the in the fall and in spring because it's their time to prove themselves well you mentioned luke doty how about this the day after the duke's mayo bowl a game that he couldn't even play in but we saw him on the sideline we saw how engaged he was with his teammates with the headset on he was in the weight room the next day at 6 30 a.m that tells you everything Mm. you need to know about that young man and i don't know if, if too many people know about that but he was in the weight room the very next day back of the office building working his tail off. So, look, regardless of how things play out at quarterback, whether it's Spencer Rattler, which I think a lot of us assume will happen, but then again, I mean, look what happened this season, and this isn't wishing ill will on anybody, but, I mean, shoot, Marcus can tell you're only one play away from being the next guy up. So, Mm. you know, when you look at the situation that South Carolina is in from a quarterback standpoint, regardless who's under center to start the year, they're in a better spot this year in comparison to that. Totally. to last year. And that's a good thing. As far oh, totally. as spring ball goes, I mean, shoot, you know, I had a conversation with longtime sportscaster Rick Henry from WIS the other day. I mean, this is a guy that has been in this market a long time. He's covered the Gamecocks, I believe, for over 40 years. He also attended the University of South Carolina. He cannot remember a spring football game being played at night. So what does that tell you about this excitement <laughs> and this buzz? That's not some gimmicky bull crap like, all right, hey, let's just play at night. No, 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 no. I mean, Easter is the next day. I mean, there's there's reasons why you can say, oh, well, not to go to – people are excited. And I think it gives you another reason why to go out there. And, you know, from talking to Steve Fink, the sports information director for football, I asked him, I said, is there a limit for how many people they're going to let in? He's like, well, there's 77,800-something, you know, because they put some extra, you know, uh, sweets in there. So it's a little under 80,000 now. He's like, if we fill all those up, great. And then the next person won't be able to come in. He's like, but there's no limit. So there's excitement. And Marcus, when you know that you've had this type of offseason, right? I mean, think back to, I mean, it's a little bit different, but think back to, you know, maybe your your freshman year, right? You guys beat Alabama. You guys have a tremendous, tremendous season in 2010. You're going into that next year. You have this momentum. Now, the momentum's a little bit different in comparison to what South Carolina is going through now, right? Coming off a seven and six year. But they're feeling good. That buzz in the city, it's back. Mm. What is that like as a player, number one, knowing that that bar has risen, uh, that those expectations are higher? Um, What is that like from a winter workout standpoint to get to that point? Because I think a lot of people forget, oh, yeah, you know, maybe they're just lifting some weights. No, no, no. The camaraderie that you're building in those winter workouts, in that offseason to get to spring ball, that is what's catapulting you into the spring. 
Yeah. Oh, that's a good question, Mike. We all knew the expectations. I mean, after our first year, I mean, look at the player, look at our roster. I mean, guys, like we, we, we were, we were thinking we could go all the way after that season had ended simply because of the roster that we had and the offensive line, the defensive line. And when you got that nucleus and they're strong, it's hard to beat. It's hard to beat the South Carolina team, but you talk about the buzz around the city. I mean, it's college football at its highest. Drake, Drake has a song. I don't know the name of the song, but he says, my city loved me like a college running back. He says that in one of his songs. And I'm like, okay, this dude know exactly what's happening when you're at the pinnacle. You know, I, I imagine, you know, you, th those schools with long traditions and reach uh, deep, rich history like Texas and Michigan and Ohio State, how that how that is around the buzz. I mean, I've kind of felt like we had that 2010 going into 2011 simply because we were so talented. But – I mean, we, we got to keep the main thing the main thing, you know, I, and, and I know that's the message that Coach Beamer is sending to the guys, like control what you can control. Yes, there's going to be a lot of hype around us. The expectations have risen, but, you know, I, and again, the, our creative media team, they give us a glimpse of what's going on in the in the weight room and on the field. Uh, but those guys, man, they're doing so much together. Um and this, I mean, this is something Coach Beamer has prepared for. You know, not, yeah, he was ready to be a head coach, but he sat, he sat down with the greats. He's been in the room with the greats. He knows that the disease of me is the biggest thing that can, that can tear a team down. Like, beware of the disease of me. And going into the second year, you know, after you've had, uh, unexpected winning record that that's what starts to creep into the locker room. But I mean, I think we're hearing you did a, you did an interview with Jaheim Bell. I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious that uh, uh, what kind of, what kind of mindset is permeating through the locker room. When you, when you hear a guy like that, say what he said at that age, I mean, shit, I was not thinking about staying in Columbia. You know, and I thought I was a hard worker, you know, I, and I was, you know, I Neither was committed was to the team. Neither <laughs> was Nick. He was ready to go down to Key West, have a spring break. He, for, look, for he is the I king was. of Key West. We got, we got, he's out there <laughs> having a good time. We got to, we got to, we got to go into what Key West. We got to, we got to go into what happened at Key West in a little bit. But, but Mark, <laughs> no, that's the point though. We think, I mean, and granted, this isn't to say like, all right, everyone's plan is different, right? I mean, you hmm. hear it in from, from a broadcaster's standpoint. I mean, Chris Berman and I had a long talk when I first got into the business. And one of the most beautiful things that he reminded me was there's no blueprint. And you can say that with a lot of athletes. You can say that with a lot of jobs, right? You want to look and emulate certain athletes. You want to, you know, emulate certain broadcasters or whatever person in your field that you're aspiring to be. But at the same time, too, you have to be authentic to yourself. You have to be able to do it your own way. And for mm -hmm. Jaheim Bell, he's viewing it as, hey, I want to stay on campus. I want to be able to get my mind right, as he told us in a recent Garnet Trust interview. I'm not – this isn't to say, like, okay, you know, our good buddy Steven Garcia. I mean, everyone does things differently. But do you remember what that was like? 
during that time period. And sometimes I'm sure spring break may have fallen before spring practices, uh, may have fallen afterwards. I don't know. I mean, I'm a dumb northerner and we had spring break at the dumbest time. I feel like we had it in freaking February at times. So, I mean, what what is that like, though? Is that something like just players make their own individual choices or do you kind of like talk amongst each other saying, hey, we should stay on campus. We should be able to get things focused right now and get ready for spring ball. Yeah, it, it was more of an individual thing. It, it, it really was. You know, I, I know a lot of guys stayed on campus and, you know, continued workouts, but coach gave us that option. Uh, coach Spurrier, he w- worked hard. Don't get me wrong under Coach Spurrier. And, and he gave us structure and discipline and all the things that we needed to be successful, obviously. But uh, I would say his style was a little bit more loose. Um, you know, if it was raining too hard like it is right now in Portland uh, on a day like this where it's windy and rainy, I mean, I don't know if we're having practice that day. Uh, really? That, I mean, that was just Coach Spurry's personality. I mean, it, it was – football was important. You know, football was great. But it was fun for him. And he made sure that we had – he made sure that we had fun. And, again, like you said, people have different styles you know, different styles of coaching and how they approach things. But it was our individual choice. I think a lot of guys stayed. Uh, But when I look back on that time, I mean, we were, golly, we were, Mike, we were loaded, man. We were loaded at every position. Um, But, yeah, more of our individual choice, whether if – but we knew spring ball was important. Don't get me wrong. It it was a time for us to develop our skills and and get better. But – um, yeah, more of an individual thing. And Marcus, if it was individual, I mean, you just mentioned that Spurrier, I mean, it was fun. And that's kind of the same vibe you get from Beamer. Did having a coach that thought had that mentality of football is fun, we want to have fun, but you're also going to work hard and play well. Did that make, do you think that made you or other players, you know, want to work harder because he loved it so much, it made you love it, and you wanted to get in there and work hard for him and for the team? Well, his love, like, transmitted into you. His love of fo- – you you knew he loved football because of how he spoke of it and how he called plays and, and you know, just his theatrical personality sometimes in the meeting room. It was just so enthusiastic. I, I just – I, I love being around Coach Spurrier. He reignited – I mean, not reignited. He 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 boosted my love uh, for the game. And, you know, just being – and then at the end of the day, um, he's Steve Spurrier. You know, so that, that, that mystique really never left me. I mean, I think guys in the locker room understood that as well. I mean, this is – we're playing for a legend. We're playing for, for Steve Spurrier. I mean, this – I mean, there there could be a whole cartoon on this dude if if if, if at one point just because of how s- such of a personality he is in in not only the sports world but just in mainstream media, you know he he, he crosses over into country music. You know, every country artist that 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 is popular today loves Steve Spurrier, um, <laughs> and just the way he talks, the way he walks, everything about him has something. Uh, it, it's just something different about him where you know he's being himself. And that's 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 the power in Coach Beamer. Like, he does not try to change who he is. 
You know, he he is <laughs> he, he he's he's Coach Beamer, and um, that that's what I love about, it. and that's why I think we'll be successful. And uh, the spring game will obviously be fun. Be a lot of fact, that's probably one of the lessons he learned from Coach Spurry. I mean, he Coach Spurry would always have a trick play. There'd be some celebrity catch the ball in the end zone, and, and the fans would go wild. I mean, that's just it's a part of the whole experience. So. Um. Yes, it definitely permeated onto us, and we wanted to work harder, Nick. Um, it, it was easy to work hard. Um, but because of who was leading you, Marcus, you brought something up last episode, which I think is an, an amazing, which is an awesome quote that you know we've heard sometimes, but just the way you said it and trying to explain it, you know, during the Muschamp era, just a little bit. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think about that quote, and especially during spring football, because, you know, in the fall, it's more so our, you're going to get right into it. You're a freshman, you know, you're, you're joining the upperclassmen that have already been there. They, they, they understand what it's all about. But more so that winter workout season, going into spring football, it's that trust that I think of, you know, as being a former college football player, that you really are able to figure out what a coach is all about, what a coaching staff's all about, and what your teammates are all about. So where I'm going with this is, do you remember a moment? Of course, Steve Spurrier, legend, Heisman Trophy winner, national championships, this, this, and that. But at that same time, as a player, you want to be able to have that trust in him. And I think back to, you know, I had, I played for different coaches in college. I had one that wanted us to run up a 120-degree hill in a wooded area that was a mile deep into the uh, behind the football field and he wanted us to run up and not just run up but push up a freaking tractor tire um and push up i'll never forget that thing slipping and falling down and i think his name was uh butch butch was down with his freaking crutches at the end he had to literally jump out of the way that thing almost took him out coming down i mean you do the math you know we don't have to go back and do uh, physics here, you know, if a train leaves at this time, no, it was one of those. I mean, this guy almost got friggin' killed. And I just remember a lot of us as players looking at each other, like, what the hell is he doing? Like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this in about a mm. foot, almost two feet of snow in the woods? Mm -hmm. And I, I think a lot of people lost that trust. Now that's not to say a coach isn't a good coach, but from a head coaching standpoint, I think about it. I'm just like, why are we doing this? I think actually someone during that same day, someone tore their ACL running that. So I use that as an example because it can work both ways, right? It can be positive, but it can also be detrimental when you have your coaches telling you things that are a little crazy and you're like, what the hell is he on? But then when it does turn out and be like, all right, I can see where he's coming from. Do you have any of those moments? I'm not saying maybe as crazy as that, but do you have any of those memories, especially during winter workouts, spring ball, that Spurrier wanted you guys to do something because he knew it was going to bring you guys together, number one. But number two, to be able to say, hey, look, if we ask you guys to do something, have faith in us. Trust us that we're putting you in the best situation. Was there anything crazy that you can remember? Mike, you bring up one of the most important points, I think, of a program. Uh, you know, the link between the head coach and the strength coach, the strength staff in, in, in its entirety. Uh, our strength coach at the time was Coach Fitzgerald, mm -hmm. and he is from he's from up north. Uh, started at Penn State, came down here, and um, him and 
Coach Spurrier are completely different. But one thing, one thing is for sure, they they knew how to develop and uh, make a team better. Uh, that that that's just that that was just obvious in his approach. Uh, in winter in winter workouts, it, it it was common. It was very common for him to take his shirt off in eight degrees. I mean, doing up downs, and 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 you know, you you look back on that time unconsciously. I don't think we knew that we were growing as a team. You know, like just some of his some of his shenanigans or, you know, just the whole theatrical side of being a, a, a strength coach now that, that we see, like all of those things. Some of it is fake. Let, let me just put that out there. Some of these guys are fake. But Coach Fitzgerald, and I know for sure, and, and I want every Gamecock fan to do this. I want you to pick up your phone. I want you to go to Twitter and I want you to follow our strength coach, Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just – just look at what he tweets. Just, just, just read what he tweets. All right, it's it's going to be very different from what you see out of any other strength coach. All right, because he understands that these people, are, that, that these guys are, are 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 human beings. All right, a human being with a soul inside, and um, you know, just the small interact two minute interaction that I had with him, he treats them like. He treats them like family because I knew I, I just I felt his energy when 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 I was around him. But um, that link right there, the head coach and the strength coach being on the same page, it, it, it is by far. It is by far the most important position because they spend more time with the strength coach than they do with the head coach. Absolutely. Throughout mm-hmm. the year, you know, so and I look back to my even my time in high school. I mean, Coach Schrock, not only. You know, is he a you know Hall of Famer in in, in South Carolina sports? Uh, he has birthed so many predecessors predecessors that implemented their pro his program into their program, and they've been successful. He he was a he was the link between Bobby Bentley and, and us, uh, who was our head coach at the time, who's now the receiver coach at, at University of South Florida. But that piece right there, if they're on the same page which they are. And I remember coach Spurrier and coach Fitz being on the same page and coach, coach Spurrier knew he was a little crazy. And all these dudes got, all these dudes have a little crazy to them, but there's a method to their madness. And with coach Fitzgerald, he did certain things. He he would do anything to get the most out of us. All right. And, 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 and you know, he didn't care how he looked. He didn't, it, I mean, it, Mike, it really all goes back to God dang, just being yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you could just be yourself, guys will see that. Guys will trust that. And when they trust you, I mean, I mean, I, not in the winter, but I remember in the summer we ran eighteen full gassers, and it was eighty-five degrees. But you know how the humidity is in June <laughs> in South Carolina. I mean, it was people like I, I remember it, it looked like people were being. Were, were like wounded, were wounded soldiers. The way they were, we just kept running, and we didn't stop running. But but you know, people were limping, people were crawling on the ground just just to finish the full gas. So that why has to question we, your that has to question your mentality, right? I mean, the, the, or 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 it has to challenge your mentality, right? Because now you get to a point where it's like, yes. why am I doing this? 
Why am I doing mm-hmm. this? And being able to get that trust. I mean, shoot, I, it, I don't think it matters what level, but when you're doing something like that, it really builds that trust. Mm. And, and, and with that, with that trust, like that, that's, that's when confidence comes. Like when you have, when you have trust in your coaching staff, when you have trust in, in the guys beside you, you know that everybody's flying on the same page. Like synergy is going this way. And, and I don't think we had like guys who were, who were individuals, you know, we didn't have prima donnas because of that. Like, yes, we had guys who celebrated. I mean, because it's the game of football. Yeah. Celebrate, have fun. But we didn't have guys who were too big for the team. And that's what I think that's a key, you know, having, having everybody understand the mission and be on the same page. So, uh, I, and and that's happening in that building. That's mm-hmm. happening in the football operations building for sure. And I think also the confidence that you just talked about is that's where they get that confidence. That is huge because you look back last season, two seasons ago, I think you really lacked, despite some individual players on their own, you really lacked to see confidence. Mm. And I think it was really the Mayo Bowl. That's where I saw this uh, South Carolina's plan, and I was like, "These kids are confident. They're no confident in their ability. They're confident in each other as a as a team." And you really saw them unify as a team, like you just said. So I think trusting in their strength coach, their head coach, and seeing that confidence out as individuals, but also together as a team, having trust in each other, I think that that's huge. And like you said, Marcus, that's what's happening in the building right now. Nick, 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 and Mike. I mean, I, I, I know you were probably there at the game, but watching, you definitely watching them Duke's Mayo Bowl. Absolutely, you saw it all like come together, and we were missing an important piece. I think, and golly, one of the most ferocious runners I've ever seen, Zamir, uh, Zamir White. But I mean, that Florida game. I mean, I, I just. It, it it got to a point where I was just like, okay, we are we are dominating. We are dominating an SEC team in an SEC way. When I say in an SEC way, in the SEC, you run the ball, you stop the run. That's what makes the that's what makes the SEC the SEC. Like we we we're just it's tougher. It's it's physical. It's 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 violent, and we were violent violently confident against Florida. And when, you know, as, as the game progressed, you saw Florida psychologically start to break down. Mm-hmm. And that was the only glimpse that I needed to, that was the only glimpse I needed to know. Like, I mean, you, we, we played four running backs that game and they all were running like it, like their life depended on it. You know, shout out to Montario Hardesty who getting them ready to go coach Hardesty, but, I mean that that right there in itself that showed me where we were headed as a program because that's what you need in the SEC. Mm-hmm. That's if you want to compete with Bama one day, if you want to compete with Georgia one day, you got to run the ball down people's throat and you got to stop the run. We did that against a team that is always talented, no matter the year. 
you go back to the 90s, they've been talented. And so, I mean, it's um, it's it's gelling. It, it, it is gelling, and it's going to be beautiful. I'm, I'm excited to see the spring game. And now, Marcus, you mentioned uh, Zaquandre White not being able to play in that spring game. Excuse me. I the, said, uh, the, no, yeah, Zaquandre White. Not, well, not, well, it's all right. I mean, we're just going to roll with it. Just like maybe a couple minutes ago, I said, um, you know, 120 degrees. I think I meant to say 120 yards with a 70 degree slope on the hill you know math wasn't great for me but you know that's why i talk about sports for a living but um the the point being is yeah white didn't play in that game but also who didn't play in that game was marshawn lloyd and marshawn is a obviously Mm. a a very talented running back who shoot i mean I, i remember i remember when he arrived on campus the hype the hype and I know athletes hate when they're compared to people. I mean, sometimes it's, but you know, the hype that was here was, you know, this is the most hyped for a running back that South Carolina has had from a recruiting standpoint since Marcus Lattimore. And to see him go down as quickly as he did, uh, obviously I can even, I can't even imagine how devastated that was for him. That was devastating for the fans. And, you know, you've seen over the last couple of years, whether it be Marshawn Lloyd, or you think about this past season with training camp with Luke Doty, you can go back to the previous couple seasons, not even in just preseason, but you think about in-season, guys like Debo Samuel or Nick Muse. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's just devastating with these injuries sometimes. But the point being with Marshawn, that is a very talented running back room. We know that. I mean, Juju, Juju McDowell, I mean, talk about a guy, you know, that moves around and he also wears that number 21. He is mm. phenomenal. Um, and then you think about the extra guys that they've been able to pick up in the off season through the transfer portal, a guy like Christian Beale Smith. I mean, they are uh, Lavoisier Carroll transferring in from Georgia, played defensive. Oh, back. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and that's a guy that has plenty of years under his belt. Still. Um, he's going to be able to, to play a couple seasons, not just this one and done thing. So I, I say all that to get back to Marshawn. Marshawn, from a physical standpoint, yes, he was out there. And I remember one of the first questions I asked him last year heading into training camp, do you feel like you're mentally there? Do you feel like you're mentally there yet coming back that you're not thinking about it? And maybe at the time he felt like he was there, but until you actually go out there and take that probably that first hit in a game, even practice, right, it's just different. So with it being the injury that he had, I mean, Marcus, you went through it twice. Um, what is that like, number one, when you have an injury like that? It could be any lower body injury, but especially an ACL. And what do you remember having to try to come back from it, not just from a physical standpoint, but from that mental side? And how long did that take you to come back, especially that first time around? You see, Mike, this is why I love the game of football. Because uh, it's the greatest metaphor to life. You know, this guy had so much hype. And so much media, so much attention, and something out of his control happens. That's, I mean, that's life. I mean, and he's going to face that when he, you know, when he leaves football. But seeing how he's handled it already, I mean, golly, he's, I, I just admire him as a human being so much because he's, he's, he understands perspective. He understands what a positive attitude does for your healing process, for your recovery process, but also what it does in your life. And 
you meet his mom. I I I kind of like I enjoyed just spending time with his mom. She she's awesome. And then his trainer, you see where where it comes from, like this this energy that he gives off. But uh, to your question, Mike, it's you can't really prepare for it. You know, uh, people can tell you what it's going to be like when you tear your ACL, but uh, I, I was not prepared f- for what was to come after that. You know, it, it is so uh, discouraging to see after you tear your ACL two weeks, your quad muscle like just deflates, you know, so you're looking at this at, at this muscle that you built for over 18 years and how many squats and how many power cleans and all of these lower bodies lift that you built your legs up to this point And then just two weeks of because a ligament tore two weeks of, of doing nothing, your quad muscles, it, it shrivels up. And, you know, so that right there, that, that image, you know, when I saw that, I was like, shit, I mean, I don't, I, I, I was I was depressed, you know, um, you know, when it first happened, you know, but you you, you find inspiration. The, the main thing I tried to do and 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 I, and I was like almost hyper focused on was trying to find inspiration from somebody. Mm-hmm. Like I had to look up a Willis McGahee video just to get myself up out the bed. I had to look up a Frank Gore video or, you know, just all of these guys who have torn their ACL and recovered. I was just looking for hope. Um, and, you know, thank God that Clint Haggard and Rachel Sharp are there because, you know, they care. They care. Then those are our athletic trainers. You know, they care about you more as a, you know, a, as a person and an athlete. So they built my, they built my spirits up, but man, it, it is not easy. I mean, Mike, Mike, like you said, I mean, the, the, the mind and the body, you know, they work in tandem and you know what you tell yourself has a lot to do with your recovery process. You know, what is that internal message that is that is going on in, in your head at the time? Um, as much running and jumping and, you know, in that recovery process, you, you get to that three-month mark and you're ready to run, but your ligament's not healed, so you got to wait three more months. So now you're in this limbo phase and you don't feel like you're a part of the team. And um, it's, it's just so many psychological roller coasters that oh god like I, I wish at the time i would have had the courage to express how i felt um and that's you know that's something that i don't you know being around marshawn and seeing his maturity as a as a young man i don't think that's something he had a problem with you know because last yeah last year we saw him he was out there I saw the quickness. Oh my my goodness! I mean, the dude can hit a hole quicker than anybody that I, that I've ever seen. Um, was there a little bit of hesitation because I know what's going through his mind? Yes, there, there was a little bit of hesitation, but I mean, he fin- he went through the season. You know, he he put himself out there, and you know, it's like you said, it, it is completely different when you when you train, you know, and you feel good and you're going through routes and you're running through your plays and um, you're doing agility drills. And, but, but at the same time, once you get hit um, that, that that's really the test, but also knowing that 
after that six month mark, okay, I'm healed. You have to tell you have to tell yourself that the ligament is healed. If you don't mm-hmm. tell yourself that over and over again, you're going. It, the brain is going to protect itself, and the brain is going to send all his signals to the knee and say, "Nope, I'm not. I'm not cutting on that. I'm not cutting on." You have to tell yourself that you are healed over and over again when you fall, because if not, you'll you'll just compensate on the other leg the whole time, and you won't be balanced. You won't be yourself. You won't be reacting. You'll be thinking, and when you're thinking out there, it's uh, it's 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 just not a good situation. But uh, I I hope Marshawn just lets go of all those expectations because I mean he doesn't he doesn't need it. Um, he, it's it's not my story is completely different from his story. Everybody's story is different, and regardless of what I I, I know this for sure, he's going to be a hell of a running back. He is going to be a hell of a running back, and he he's going to do a lot on the field. But man, if people knew, if they spent five minutes with this dude off the field, you'd learn more. You, you'd learn more in that five minutes than you've learned in the past, probably probably couple couple months of your life. The the dude is just special. Just how he goes about, just how he thinks about life, how he goes about his business of being a student athlete. Yeah, and then f- when I think of Marshawn, I mean, he's from DeMatha. It's a school in Maryland. I'm from the DMV area, so I knew who he was before mm-hmm. he committed to South Carolina. So when he committed to South Carolina, I mean, I was extremely excited, like a lot of people were, to get some of his hiv- of his caliber. But the thing I just think about is just how frustrating that's got to be to have those expectations, especially know what he can do in himself and just be so frustrated sitting on the sideline, not being able to, I don't know if it wasn't being able to help as much as he knows he can or something, but you just saw frustration in his eyes Yeah, and just knowing how hard that's got to be, especially with you, what you said with, if you're thinking out there, I mean, it's probably too late. It's happening so fast. You got to be reacting and, that's got to be the hardest thing in the world just to separate the mental from the physical. Cause like you said, they work in tandem and mm-hmm. you're trying to protect yourself out there, but just seeing that frustration on his face. And I totally agree. He's going to be a great running back. It's just, and I think this year he was out there that's getting him back into it. And hopefully he can get fully back into it for this upcoming season with spring ball and everything. And, and like you, Nick, he's a competitor. Like you said, I mean, you, you you said the word. So will he ever be satisfied? Probably not. You know, of course he's not satisfied. I mean, the the, the, the dude is an animal. Um, you saw what he did in his high school film. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, some of the some of the best high school film I've seen. But again, Coach Beamer. Having Coach Beamer, oh, that gives that gives me so much comfort. I know that gives his mom comfort because they're put that they had a plan. Coach Hardesty, Coach Beamer, the strength coaches, uh, the they all formulate. I, I know what happens and happened in that building when when they knew that he would be coming back from an ACL. They formulated a probably a three year plan, you know. So they if he he he's going to trust the process mm-hmm. that that they've laid out. He's going to trust that plan, and it's going to work out in his favor. 
It's just things never happen when we want them to happen. And of course he wanted to explode. I mean, we, we all wanted to see him explode and he still will have that opportunity, but um, all all good things, all good things come in time. And Marshawn is going to be fine. I, I, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of him. Uh, Mike, you were telling me about, you had a conversation with him about how, you know, he, he doesn't eat sugar. You know, he he might not. Marcus, he told he so he told Wes Mitchell over at Gamecock Central, my colleague, during one of those Garnet Trust interviews. Excuse me, he did. Luke Doty did a Garnet Trust interview with with Wes, and he was telling him how Luke makes you know I don't know he was making some nachos, some sweets, or whatever. And Marshawn is so locked in to this season that he won't even have you know like one you know little chocolate chip. You know, like that, that's how like focused he is. He won't have one starburst. Um, we're going to have a Garnet Trust interview with Marshawn, hopefully later this week, trying to figure out the timing with spring football because I know he had to went back up north to be able to help his family moving. But he is so locked in. And, Marcus, the reason why I talk so much about the mental side is because I don't think people realize how much it can really impact a player. And a guy oh, like Luke Doty coming back, we, we hope that he's going to be able to be the Luke Doty that we unfortunately have been able to see. But it is an uphill battle and i don't think i've ever even told you this and this is probably why i talk about the mental side of it so much my first three years in college football i got hurt two season enders and my third injury was a lower body when i broke my foot and you want to talk about youtube this is how i discovered marcus uh because during i mean playing college football unfortunately you don't have an opportunity to really watch other colleges play even though south carolina was really good and i mean shoot like i said growing up north college football just wasn't the same we had guys like tom brady no disrespect marcus but, you know, so the point being, the point being is I remember going on YouTube trying to find motivation. And I remember going watching the Willis McGahee videos. And that's where I came across Marcus. I'm like, this dude just tore his ACL for a second straight time. And he's putting work in. I just see the rehab videos coming out. So that was my I never, no, I don't even know if I ever told Marcus that. Like he was a part of my inspiration coming back because mm. I'm like, dude, I ain't going to play in the NFL. This is my last year playing football ever. 15 years of football. This is it, kid. You better buckle up and you better get this foot ready mentally. And that's not easy. So, you know, I, I share the mental side of it so much because I think it's just it gets overlooked. And, you know, you can have all the conversations in the world with doctors and, you know, with different people. But it's something that you need to be able to do. Um, it certainly helps, I'm sure, when you have conversations with people that have gone through it. And correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, Marcus, when Marshawn got hurt, you had an opportunity to speak to him. Is that correct? We exchanged a bunch of texts. We had a conversation. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't want to bombard the dude. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't. I knew he was getting blown up by everybody when it happened. I just wanted him to know how. Uh, I wanted him to know that this does not define you. Like this does not define your self worth. Like as a person, um, you're you're going to feel down, but because you, you've been you've been the guy. You, I mean, you, you're the guy. You're the guy. Everybody's been looking at probably ever since you've been ten years old, and it's stripped away in an instant. So try to adapt to that. Try to trying to adapt to that quickly. That's that's just not easy, man. It's not easy when everybody's been screaming your name 
for the past 10 years of your life. You've been scoring touchdowns. You, you've been the bell cow of the team. You put the team on your back every week in high school, and it's just stripped away that quick. Uh, you, well, how, how do you how do you adapt? How do you respond? Well, you got to have some people in your corner that's been through that. And I just wanted him to know that I was in his corner. Um, if he needed someone to express himself or just talk it out or and I just wanted to know I was proud of him like regardless because god lay man I I just I wish everybody could meet him I just I just wish everybody could spend spend a few minutes with him man he's just he's so much more than than this than than this amazing athlete uh so really that that was our that was our exchange um that that was the extent extent of our exchange. We we've ex- we've you know corresponded through text a little bit. Um, ever ever since then, you know I I shit I need to check on I, I need I need to call him I need to text him I, I haven't in a while but no man he he he's going to be fine. He has a positive spirit. He's rooted in his faith. You know which which always will um which always will give you comfort and solace. So I mean. Yeah, he he he's good and and um Juju. Speaking of Juju, we we mentioned him earlier. He he he's repping that twenty one. I appreciate you, Juju. You uh, I mean that dude that dude runs with some fire too. And you know, she, she, he he doesn't give a damn how li- how small he is. Uh, he he will run through you. He will run around you. He, I I, just, I love watching him play. And I think, you know, we're going to, with with just the focus on spring football, guys, and I know we didn't necessarily talk about this. We're kind of on the fly right now. We'll probably push the NIL stuff to the next episode because, I mean, that yeah. will probably be a whole episode within itself because yeah. you mentioned Juju. You mentioned, you know, it's it's funny. You think about all the greats that have worn 21, Marcus, right? Ryan Brewer as well in that mix. You know, that, that running back room is very talented right now. Mm. What is someone that obviously has played the position – someone that had an opportunity even with the 49ers. I mean, I think that's a, a better example because you know you have to make the most out of every touch you have, every opportunity. And then you also think about right now with your position over at Lewis and Clark with the running backs. What is that mindset that you have to have knowing that, hey, look, you know, and we're seeing it more and more, right? You're seeing more kind of like with pitchers in baseball there's like specialist running backs now right it's not a guy that Mm. is getting 40 touches like the old days right like the old school sec football days might be a good thing long term wise we're talking about protecting a a guy's uh body trying to play that next level but you know what mentality do you have to have because there's so many talented running backs in that room just like there was a year ago and every guy i'm sure has that mindset i want to be the guy i want to be the guy how can you have that mentality while also knowing, hey, I got to make the most out of each opportunity. If they're asking me to block on this play, they're asking me to, you know, go out in the flat and catch a pat, whatever. How do you keep that same energy, knowing that you might not have as much reps? Because you know what we saw last year, Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator, said we're going with the hot hand. You know, we hear that so much. How do you keep that same energy? No doubt. Well, I think the coach has a lot to do with that. Um, and they have an excellent running back coach and coach Hardesty who played the position in the SEC uh, was a guy that I looked up to and just love watching the watching play. Um, coach Beamer 
Coach Satterfield, they have a plan. Uh, that they know, they know what they're doing. But at the running back position, in specific, I mean, it's the most exciting position on the field. I think that's why we play it. Um, I think that's, or at least that's whoever put us at that position a long time ago. I think that's why we stayed at it because mm-hmm. we realized it's so exciting. You know, you get the ball in your hands and you can run it, you can catch it, and, you know, you can put people into the ground, but. You know, at the end of the day, you got to have – I mean, I, ju- I judge a running back by how he blocks, honestly. And, and you know, if, if, if you are a willing blocker, if, you're, if you desire to put people into the ground, um, when, when they're coming on blitzes, uh, it, it's that, – that, that, that always – it's hard to take a dude off the field who can protect a quarterback. Uh, so, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm judging a running back, I want to see what type of blocker he is. And, you know, you look, you look at a guy like Frank Gore. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was great in, in between the tackles and, you know, they, th- they would throw him swings. I think his, his efficient footwork in between the tackles is, uh, probably, uh, he's, he, he was one of the, I, I think the greatest at it, you know, get, getting the most out of those small crevices, but. You see him block. You see him throw his hips in the people. It, it, that's the part that you like. Okay, this dude is different. It's what separates, and this is why I admired so much about Kevin Falk. That's why Kevin Falk played 15 mm-hmm. years in the NFL because he could block. Um, and that that piece of it, I I just can't I can't stress enough because. If, if you want to get on the field, if you want to stay on the field, that's, I mean, keep the quarterback clean. Keep, keep, keep him clean. And Satterfield, it's going to be hard to take you off the field. Um, I mean, you, you, you're already here because you can run the ball. I mean, that's your God-given ability. All right, but are you willing to stick your nose and, 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 and punch somebody straight into the chest and put them into the ground? Um can you do that over and over again? And is it something that excites you? Is it something that you look forward to? Um, that that piece of it. But, you know, with the running backs that we have, and, you know, the, the philosophy that Coach Beamer, from what I understand, at least from what I know, is that, you know, he he he. there's some resemblance of Oklahoma in it. There's some, you know, obviously with Satterfield, and what he brings to the table, but we want to run the ball. Like we want to be a team that run runs to set up the pass, not pass to set up the run. We want to be a running football team. And, you know, like you said, running back by committee now, it, it, it's it's the best, it's it's the best way to it's the best way to sustain the running backs that you have because it is a short-lived position. And there's only so much the body can take. Um, you know, we even saw that with the the un the unbreakable Marshawn Lynch. I mean, yeah, the yeah the dude will get hit eighteen times and get back up and then run through you, but eventually it catches up to you. So the 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 best way to handle it is have four guys, have four guys that can do it, and and I we do we have Marshawn, um, we have Juju uh Lavoisier. I mean all, all of these guys I mean that they'll contribute in in a, in a major way but man I I'm excited to see um 
I'm excited to see the diversity of how we use them because they all have so, so many skill sets um, that, that I'm excited to see what happens in that in that area. How, how will we use all of these skill sets that they have? Um, but I want to preface uh, a later episode real quick, Mike, because you had yep. mentioned the mental side, the, the, the mental side of coming back from an injury. And I didn't want to forget, you know, that, you know, I, I want to preface like on October 26th. I spoke to the team in 2012. I spoke to the team mm-hmm. on October 27, 2012. That was the last time I played football. I, that was the year, That was the mm-hmm. day I dislocated my knee. My mind, and, and this is something that I'm I'm comfortable saying at this point because I've accepted and I moved on and I'm happy. I'm happy in my life. On October 26, I knew that I was. I knew. I kind of knew that that was my last. That was my last time playing the game of football and I, it was just something you talk about the mind and how powerful the mind is mm-hmm. i i knew that that was my last snap but we won't we, we won't we won't go into that this this episode we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later i just didn't want to forget you know for for fans who want to hear how powerful the mental aspect of the game is and absolutely just in life in general um We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, but back to the running backs, it's going to be an exciting year. Yeah. And Marcus, that is a good point on the mental side because you can't get any more inside what, as a fan, what's going on on the field, what's going on inside their head is so critical. Oh my and goodness. it's something that you just don't even think about because the, I mean, those are human beings playing football. These are student athletes, young, young men, 18 years old, 19 years old. There's so much going in your head at that age, especially. <laughs> so it's so, it's so important and so critical. And, and Nick, the, even, even what's happening off the field, you mm-hmm. know, I think, yeah. I think we forget that, <laughs> you know, these guys are, uh, are, are experiencing college, you know, that not only are they're in college with all of these different, uh, temptations, uh, on a daily basis, hmm. uh, NIL, Mike, uh, that that's that shooting up a little bit more, but not only that, your family, you know, yeah. I mean, the family dynamics, if we, you know, if we're being honest right here, all three of us have some family dynamics that are you, you, j- just because of the nature of life are dysfunctional. I know I do. You know, we, we have dysfunctional family. We have expectations from people around us. You know, we have, you know, so many factors that play inside of our head while we're trying, while they're trying to be the best athlete they can be, the best student they can be. Uh, I mean, I you grow it, so that, much in college too. You grow mm. like just as a normal student. You grow because well, you're trying person. to figure out. You know, and Nick, yeah. no disrespect, because you're obviously a college kid. You know, yeah. you don't know. You don't know anything better. You don't know no. any better. You know, and, no and Nick, that's not to all. say you're Nick. You're first off, you're you're, you're light years, light years a, a ahead of where I was. Number one, um, as a broadcaster, but number two, probably a hell of a better student than I was. But you know, the point being is, when you're at that age, you don't know any better. You don't, no, and when everyone's telling you how great you are, you know the next thing you know, you end up at five points, and a guy's smashing his car, listening to uh, Young Jeezy, whatever the hell was going on that night, Marcus. And going back to the first episode, but 
I, I do want to say this, though, because I know we're going to be up against the time, so I kind of want to cut in a little bit. Um, I think what will be a good idea is we'll get into, because one of the questions we have this week um, you know, on Gamecock Central is uh, by uh, One Natural One, you know, how long did it take you to move past the what-ifs regarding your knee injury? I, I think that would be an episode in itself. Um, I think mm. that would probably be a good mm. thing, especially once we get to a slower point, right? Because things will pick up these next couple weeks and then we'll get into spring football. But um, Marcus, you know, trying to, you know, s- speed things up a little bit here because um, I think that would be great. You know, one question that was asked by Wild Bunch 2, because I think this is good. Wild talking about Bunch. the running backs. Wild Bunch 2. And I had a long conversation about with my father last night. I'll have to put you in contact with because I definitely think he, he would want to pick your brain. He just finished up his 38th season of coaching high school ball. He coaches running back. Congrats. So, um, that's freaking yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So, so we were, we had a long conversation about actually this very question last night. He's actually very excited to listen to, to what you have to say. He gave me his two uh, things when, you know, what he thinks about. But he said, Marcus, can you explain what made you such a great zone read running back? Why can't other backs learn? as early as you did thousands and thousands and thousands of reps it's the, it's it's it's, it, it's the only way because zone is such an unpredictable play um knowing exactly what the offense knowing your offensive lining knowing what the defensive line anticipating what the defensive line is doing but that just takes thousands and thousands of reps uh, it, it, you Zone is a play where it could go backside A gap, backside B gap, front side C gap. You don't know what's going to happen on zone. You know, you can anticipate, you know, with how they're lined up and the formation that we're in. But again, you 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 don't know. And and you know, studying film, film, film. What are the what are the tendencies of these linebackers in zone? Are they disciplined? Or do they just, uh, you know, are they rogue? Are they disciplined or are they rogue? You know, that's what coach would always, coach would always say to us. But, you know, I, I, I really just tried to manipulate. You know, I, I, it got to a point where I, I ran it so much in high school, uh, and you know, we ran it all the time in college that I could, I could. Even my my junior year when I was, you know, 90 percent, 85, 90 percent, I knew how to manipulate the linebackers to a point where they could uh, fill the gaps and I could go where I wanted to go. You know, so using patience as a weapon. That's uh, the word right my- there. I was waiting for you to say it. Patience. Yeah. You know, that's my, my father and I were talking about it. He, he teaches his guys to hit it about 40 to 50 percent once he gets to the, you know, the line and, you know, not to get into the, the ins Slow and outs too of it. Fast but, through. Yeah. But I, mean, it, it, and I think it goes back to what you're saying, Marcus. You had an opportunity to be coached by Bobby Bentley. Um, you know, my father does it over at, at St. John's Prep, which actually is the, the same high school that uh, Brian Kelly and Billy O'Brien went to uh, school. But I, I say that because. I think so many of these players that are coming out of high school, they're not being taught either the right way or they're not being taught that patience to have. And, I mean, I can only imagine, right? You talk about a position that you need to be able to do everything. I mean, a linebacker is similar too, but you need to be able to, you know, one play, 
hit a guy that's, you know, 220 pounds blocking him, right? Next play, you might have to run between the tackle. Next play, you're going out in the flat catching a pass. And then you're also being asked to hit the line of scrimmage at 50%, even, you know, maybe even a little bit less than that, and then pick up your acceleration. I mean, just that patience. I mean, is that, like you said, is that, that, that can't really be taught in any other way than just through the reps, right? Through, through, through the reps um, and the understanding of the play. You know, the, the offensive linemen, they don't have a man. They're, they're not blocking a man. They're blocking an area. You know, there's a lot of combos going on. Uh, what is your left guard? Is he going up to the, is he going up to the backer? You know, uh, or your left tackle? Is he going up to the backer? Or are we reading this defense? And, and then, you know, you get into different ways of running zone. There, there are certain situations where the quarterback is reading the defensive end. You have to, you have to know these things, knowing what the offensive line is doing. But I mean, you it, it's the key, it's patience. It, it's repping it over and over again, learning what the offensive line is doing. All right, staying staying tight to the blocks. All right, but also. I mean, putting yourself in, I, you know, I, I tell my running backs, putting yourself at, turn yourself into a missile when you're in between the tackles. And when I say that, I mean, all that means is get your pad leverage down, all right, and get your head forward. All right, so when, so when you do make contact, you fall forward. You know, because zone, zone, there's situations where, yeah, it's a two-yard play. You know, there it's a two-yard play because – the defensive line and the linebackers did a good job of filling their gaps. But if you're leaning forward, you can get, you can turn it into a four yard play just simply because of your body position. But I mean, Mike, it, it's, it, it's what you said, it's patience. But, the, and, and again, that's something that I, I can't stress. And I mean, some guys now, now don't get me wrong. Debo Samuel. I mean, some guys are just gifted. And they get it on the first – they just have spatial awareness and they have a God-given ability to just understand, the like, space. Like uh, So – but for me, it took thousands of reps. We'll let Nick – Nick, this next question, this is from Captain Crunch. Um, we'll, let, we'll let you answer this first, Nick, so that Marcus can think a little bit longer. What is your favorite Columbia restaurant? Oh, I'll let you go, Nick, first. Wow. That is hard. Oh my gosh. I don't know. There's a lot of really good ones. I mean, we talked about like if you're talking like sandwich shop, we talked about Andy's and them, Groucho's over there, those are smaller. Oh, that's tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with Doc's barbecue, which mm. is over on Shop Road. Um, and I, I don't know if a lot of people even know of it. It's past like the fraternity lots and then past Willie B. And it's just like you could miss it if you blinked. But uh, mm. I love that place. That's where um, me and my friends always go for any dinners. And it's just a it's a buffet of barbecue. And then also Peebles. Peebles Wings yep. is mm-hmm. one, of, one of my favorite. I love wings. All-time favorite food. I love Peebles. So, Marcus, what about you? What do you think? Man, you know, it depends on what you want, really. Um, That's what I'm saying. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, there's two on Divine Street that are are high quality, so fresh. They know what the hell they're doing in the kitchen. 
uh, one guy spent like a two years in Italy. That this place is an Italian place, Il Giorgione. I mm. recommend the oh, tortelloni yeah. alla panna, uh, Mediterranean tea you. room. Look at you, salmon. Look at you, you're Italian. Uh, you're just sitting by the oh, pool. Man. You know, you got that. Yeah, you're you're you. Italian. I'm telling you, um, Mediterranean tea room on Divine Street. The salmon is, is just divine. Um, spotted salamander for Southern. Uh, and that's, I forgot where it is, but um, spotted salamander, they do it. They they do Southern food the right way. It's just, mm. you know, I can tell by the ingredients if, if something is good or not. So, I mean, it's uh, those three, those three for sure. I I, I can always go to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Bojangles, of course, I'm obligated to say that, but outside of Bojangles, <laughs> Village Idiots were my favorite. Got, man, I can't wait to get oh, back. Oh, I, I do. I love baby. Village. I do love I'll Village. You, I'll tell you what, a new place that people should check out, it's across the street from Andy's. It's called Enzo's, and it Enzo's. is an Italian sub shop, and it is phenomenal. It's been there for about a year, but you'd miss it because it's the way the the, the restaurant is from the street. The street sign is you know, it's it's kind of hidden. It's a new spot, though. Makes me feel like I'm back in Boston, though. We'll keep me things moving. Uh, Stevie G420. And then, of course, he has... 420. Gar- oh, it gets better, though. His uh, bio picture is a picture of Steven Garcia with a sombrero on. Um, can't make this stuff up. Stevie G. Um, probably for Steven Garcia. But I doubt it's Mr. Garcia. Most athletic Gamecock you played with and the most athletic player you played against? Jadavion Clowney, Jadavion Clowney, Jadavion Clowney, <laughs> Jadavion Clowney. Uh, I mean, Alden Smith is in that same category. They're, I mean, both of them are just – you can't explain them. That, what there is Clowney, no – what, what made Clowney just like stupid freakish in comparison, right? Because like, I've I – mean, People that saw him in person, you know, they see him. I mean, you got to see him in other ways, though. You got to see him in the weight room. You got to see him on a day-to-day basis in practice. Like, does highlights do him justice? Because for me, and some people, maybe Nick the same, we've only seen his ridiculous high school highlight film, which honestly, and I'm and Marcus, you're going to probably remember this name, I'd equate it to, I've had like two or three favorite high school highlight films like of all time that I could watch over and over. He's up there, and then I'd put like right up there, like Noel Devine. You know, Noel mm-hmm. Devine was just like a YouTube sensation during our mm-hmm. time period, Marcus. Yes, yes. No, no, Noel, Noel's highlights are are, are ridiculous. It's but, insane. Okay, I mean, just with clowning, I'll just say this: he he came to scrimmage his his junior year. He came to Burns High School and we scrimmaged. I think he had in a half seven sacks. But but no, th- this is this ain't this isn't even the deal. It's like he felt bad for us. Like he felt he felt bad for me when we were scrimmaging because I think two of his teammates were just talking junk. He was like, "Yeah, y'all think y'all this good? Y'all y'all this y'all that?" Clowny Clowny told them to shut up. He said, "Man, y'all be quiet. Y'all know he good." But but you know he said it in a way like I like I was and he was like he said it in a way where it was like I was his like he 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 was already in the NFL I, I like he was already there like I, I could there was nothing we could do 
Like I tried to, I, I we tried to double team him. It was literally a waste of time. It was like my shoulder going in the air. Uh, I mean, you can't, you can't block the dude. You, I mean, you just—he's ridiculous. He, he, he is. I mean, I've seen him in the weight room. You know, just, I mean, just j- put three fifteen on the power clean and, and like just not even move his legs. He just lifts it up. Like uh, uh, the dude is uh, Jadavion Clowney uh, uh, until the day I die, and and, and in my afterlife, Jadavion Clowney. We'll That's try to get amazing. another couple, couple more questions in because uh, don't want to drag on the episode. Let's see what else we got here. We can do the uh, about the knee injury on a separate episode. And then I guess this one kind of goes in the same, you know, when we, when you were in San Francisco, did you think and feel like you were recovered enough to play in the league and uh, you know, when and how did it turn out that you moved on from that dream? I mean, it, it kind of goes into what we probably talk about in that other episode, but I mean, if you want to just scratch the surface as quickly as you can, I know that's probably a, a more loaded question, but if you can kind of give the, the summary, we can get into it much deeper in another episode. I'll, I'll I'll give a little I'll give a little snippet of it. I got to a point where I felt functional enough to go out into a game, and I was two weeks away from playing against the New York Giants. I, I was going to actually be on the active roster that week, but I was developing a habit that would have ruined my life. I was taking leftover oxycodone, hydrocodone to get through practice. And it was still hurting with those pills. So I looked at myself. I looked at my knee. It wasn't made for high intensity anymore. My knee just wasn't. My knee was at a point where I could run. I could jump. I could cut. But at the level that you needed to do over and over again, I couldn't do it. And I, and that was the hardest reality to accept, which is why I kept going, which is why I kept trying, which is why I kept taking pills to try to get through it. But, uh, yeah, we can we can revisit that one. But that's just that's really the the point where I was just like, no, I'm, I'm not I'm not going down this path. I'm going to save the Bobby Bentley story that he told me for the next episode, because I think the only way we can end this episode, we got to end it on a, on a brighter note than that. We got to bring a little positivity back. Right. And, and, and Nick, we got to know about that hat too. Well, we, we got to know about the hat, but we also got to know what Nick did down in Key West. Cause it looks like he, he didn't get arrested. It looks like he didn't get arrested. So, you know, Nick bring, bring Marcus, yeah, myself, yeah. and some of the, uh, you know, oh man, do we call ourselves elder Elder, elderly, you know. I would not. I wouldn't give you. I wouldn't give you elderly. We're old, you know. So, um, you know, bring us back to our college days a little bit by by letting us live through you. What was Key West like? Um, And if you didn't get arrested, um, congratulations. (laughs) I mean, you are here. I mean, but the thing is, you could have got thrown in the clink, and you know, could have post bail the next day. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm back. I'm back in Colombia now. I I made it. Didn't get arrested. But uh, no, it was definitely very college. I mean, drove 13 hours down to Key West, um, which was just awful. I don't know why. I never want to do that again. I can't wait until I go for it. 
The ride going down, you have the adrenaline. The ride back. Oh yeah, you're done. Oh. You're done. Your body's done. Everything's done. Um, and, but yeah, it was a great trip. I mean, honestly, it was South Carolina 2.0. The like, all of Key West was just USC students. Every bar you went to, USC students. I mean, uh, South Carolina showed out in Key West. Um, it was okay, a great Nick, trip. Nick, is yeah. that planned? I'm sorry to cut you off. Keep no. going, but is that planned? No, not at all. I mean, we we made the trip. I made the trip with a bunch of my like fraternity brothers and friends, and we were just like, all right, senior year, let's go to Key West. It's not super uh, crazy expensive. Like people go into different countries and stuff like that. So we did that. I was driving, trying to save every you know penny I can. Which and is real then, smart right now, by the way. I don't know if you know gas is up, Nick. Uh, yeah, of course. But oh, I mean in Key West, like four fifty insane like upwards of that. It was insane. Um, but it was not planned at all. You just got down there and we you look at people posted Snapchat stories of it and like just the mass commute of everyone from Columbia to Key West. And yeah, not planned at all, but you just showed up and bars had the Gamecock logo on there was one that I don't know if y'all watched the Clemson versus Virginia tech game in the ACC tournament, Virginia tech won on a buzzer beater. Well, Virginia tech's on spring break and so is South Carolina. Mm. So we're filled in a bar <laughs> with Virginia tech fans and South Carolina fans as the game is like under two minutes tight and everyone is going crazy just against Clemson. And Virginia Tech hits a buzzer beater, and it was one of the greatest atmospheres I've ever been in because it was just Virginia Tech, Hokie fans, Gamecock fans bonded for one night because, you know, screw Clemson. So it was it was an awesome trip. I am very happy to be home because my body is very tired. Um, didn't get arrested, made it home in one piece. So it was a good trip. How much did you sleep? Not a lot. <laughs> Barely any. Uh, I was actually just amazed of how many nights in a row of just being up as late as possible. And some of my friends have just unbelievable stamina going out. When every did night, it hit? When, when did it hit that you were like, all right, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Cause like for me, I went to PCB my senior year by like the fourth day, fifth day. I'm like, all right, I'm done. I can't. Yeah, I can't no, exactly. Literally that waking up like, like, what's that song? You know, I hear ba ba. Yeah. I'd be waking up like at eight a.m. Like these people just do not sleep, and I'm just no. like, no. I mean, I'm by th- by Thursday, because I got there Saturday. By Thursday, you I say, was party, like, party, party, party. Let's all get away. <laughs> when that you, song came out, do you have any? Did you have any spring break like moments? Because I know you were always with, with football or rehab yeah. and NFL, but did you get to experience spring break even? after college at some point even just for like a day no i i I always wanted to but no i didn't nah i didn't yeah no it was after five days yeah marcus come on why don't you come to key west i was i was in the bed by 8 30 last (laughs) night y'all would y'all wouldn't want to be with me i'll say this nick this will make you feel better about this ride my we, we took a 24 hour drive from Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, I saw I saw what you were doing. That oh, was dumb. Goodness. That was yeah. dumb. Okay. Gets better though. So we're done. We're ready to go back to Massachusetts. And not only is the bus driver two hours late, 
he gets there. One of my teammates say something, says something to him when we get on the bus, like, oh, nice of you to show up. The bus driver said, screw it, I quit. Got off the bus and just walked away. So we were stranded in PCB for an additional, oh, I don't know, 12 hours. So that was fun. Yeah. So we have yeah. all our stuff. We don't have a hotel room, and we have to wait for another bus to come down. I actually took a flight back. They reimbursed it through the travel agency we did. But, uh, yeah, if it makes you feel a little better, my bus driver no. quit driving. No, my, one, of my, <laughs> one of my friends was in Fort Lauderdale and just randomly texts in a group chat, hey, can anyone pick me up from Fort Lauderdale? We don't have a car anymore. We're like, what? <laughs> so someone apparently one of them like either lost a car or someone drove off and didn't come back. And they had someone, one of my friends had to go from Key West on his way back, stop in Fort Lauderdale and pick him up because he was stranded. So uh yeah, common thing of spring yeah, break being stranded where you are. <laughs> well, you're making you're making Marcus and I feel young again because we get to live through you a little bit by by hearing your spring break stories. So um, oh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully our happy, listeners happy enjoyed it as, as well, because I mean, I'm sure there's some of them, you know, with a kid on their lap or they're like, yep, I can remember that. Oh, PCB or oh, Daytona beach. Mm, that was the place to be back in 82. Mm, yep. You so. were, you were driving all weekend too. I mean, you were what you were Nashville to Tampa and then back to Columbia. Yeah. Short trip though in Tampa, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah, for the uh, men's unfortunately. Team. but the good news is this spring football starts this week and we will give yes, you a, all your coverage this week, uh, practice number one is at 9.45 a.m. on Tuesday, March 15th. So depending on when you're listening to this, okay. we will have something up on Gamecock Central because the media is going to be able to go through the uh, first six periods, periods one through six. And then uh, Shane Beamer will be speaking at 12.30 on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, offensive coordinator Marcus Hatterfield and defensive coordinator Clayton White will be meeting with the media starting at 1230. So football is back in our life, boys. We are getting closer and closer to that spring football game. Um, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. And, um, you know, on the next episode, we'll we'll definitely start to dig in a little bit more with NIL. But I think it was good to be able to scratch the surface of spring football, number one. Uh, and number two, being able to talk about some of these athletes that are coming back from injuries, guys that a lot of fans are looking forward to, to getting to know and being able to see back on the field. Mike, are you are you allowed to say what you're looking forward to for spring ball? Or is that something that's not permissible? What am I looking for? What am I what are looking, you looking forward? forward to? Shoot. Well, I, I think what I'm looking forward to, but I don't know if it's going to be something that's going to really transcend into what we're going to see in the fall. But I'm interested to see what the offense is going to look like. You know, mm -hmm. are they going to start to try to spread it out a little bit because? Marcus, as you know, you don't like you mentioned right at the beginning, all these games are broadcast now. So how much are you really going to show? And we have access to practices. So um, how much do they really want to show what they're going to do? But That's true. I, I want to see what this offense is going to look like. You know, obviously, we, we, we assume our, um, Spencer Rattler is going to be the guy going into it. But at the same time, too, what does that look like? You know, come week one, a guy that I'm really interested to see is going to be Wells, uh, Antoine Wells Jr., the transfer mm. for James Madison. Mm -hmm. He has been getting looked at by scouts in the NFL already. Um, you know, Coming from an FCS powerhouse like that, the Dukes of James Madison, I'm excited to see how he's going to adapt and can he adapt quickly because, man, if he can go out there and stretch the field, <laughs> I mean, this, this offense could be a lot of fun to watch next year. 
awesome. Nick, tell us about that hat before we leave. Oh, yeah. This is just um, this company called Nothing Fancy. Uh, Joey Collega, number 19 on the Gamecock Gamecock hockey team. His friend back home in Frederick, Maryland, makes them. Just go to Nothing Fancy Co., uh, their website. Uh, his promo code, he'll love this legs, 10 promo code, L E G S 10. You can get 10% off, but, uh, hopefully we can bring them on as a sponsor soon for uh, this show. But yeah, you can get Gamecock colors. Mm -hmm. They have a Clemson one. Don't touch that one. Uh, they got Bama, all that. They got a Saban hat, those types of things, but yeah, great company. So, uh, go out and support and, uh, they support the Gamecocks too. So yeah, excited for spring ball and, uh, hopefully we can, uh, we're going to have a lot. I mean, Mike gets all the inside looks and stuff. Marcus, you've been through it. So yeah, uh, Nick, what, you, what are you looking ready. forward to? I, I got to know before we, before we get off here. I mean, I agree. I agree with Mike. I am excited for the offense. I just remember watching the Mayo bowl them. Just like I said, that confidence going around, we obviously don't know how much they're going to show, but I'm, I'm excited to see what Satterfield's going to do. Um, I, I don't count out Luke Doty people. I mean, don't count him out. He's going to fight. He is going to fight, and I, I, I'm excited for Rattler too, but that, that QB battle I think is going to be more than people expect, and um, I'm excited to see see that go through all of spring ball and into the fall. What you got, Marcus? Last thought. We need a song, and I have an idea for the song. What you got? What's that? Tres Leches. You got to go listen to it first just to make sure it matches. But Tres Leches, Big Pun, Inspector Deck, and Prodigy. How about that? And speaking about music, speaking about music, to go back to that that quote you were talking about, that lyric by Drake, Child's Play, is that. So anyone that uh, was curious, there you go. See, I got you. Kind of like PTI. We we do corrections at the end of the show. Uh, I do want to say this, though, you know, for people listening, a little bit longer than we probably typically will do. So to give you an idea, um, you know, these podcasts will hopefully be around an hour ish, uh, a little bit longer today, though. But we just want to give you an idea as we're still trying to, you know, get into your routines. Right. I mean, this is a little bit longer. And if uh, you're interested in being a sponsor of this show, reach out to one of us. You can shoot me an email, UVA 978 at Gmail dot com. Uh, you can shoot Marcus a tweet, myself a tweet, whatever you want to do, Nick, whatever you want to do, whatever makes you feel comfortable. But um you know, we have those numbers after the first episode, and I can tell you uh, from talking to Nick, they went very well. So uh, if you want your business to be able to get a little boost, we can do that for you. So give us a give us a shout, and uh, we'd love to be able to work with you. Fellas, anything else before we sign on off? No. Excited for the next episode and spring ball. Football's back. Do it, baby. Hey, extra long episode for an extra special week. Spring football kicking off on Tuesday. We'll do it again next week, guys. Have yourself a great week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.